Beginner's call. This is your beginner's call. Will all show beginners please make their way to the studio? Tonight's performance of Overstudies is about to begin. Now I've had the time of my life and I owe it all to Overstudies. I thought you were going to say something nice to me for a change there. Not a chance. Oh. Let's not get too excited now, shall we? Overstudies, welcome back. Yes, we're back again for another week of stagey nonsense. Stagey nonsense is definitely the way of putting it. And well, I guess you're going to be having the time of your life with this week's show. Yes, this week we are talking about a show that I think is incredibly underrated, and that is Dirty Dancing. Um, my name is Charlie. Mine's Becky. We are the Overstudies. Yes, and we are just a chaos fueled duo of theatre fans coming to talk some nonsense in your ears for half an hour to 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And apparently you love it and you keep coming back for more. So thank you to everybody who tunes in. If you are brand new to the podcast, hello, welcome. Please go check out all of our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And indeed, of course, as well, even if you're new or an old listener who's been here since the very beginning, do drop us a review, um, share your favorite episodes, like, subscribe, share, because all of it makes a massive difference to other people coming into the Overstudies fandom. Oh, we're, we're fandom now. What are we going to call our fans? The over... I'll leave that one with you. I'll <laughs> let you think about that one. If you do want to get in contact, how can people do that? They can do that by heading over to our website, www.overstudies.co.uk. Um, on there, you will find a cheeky little contact form that you can use. Uh, she's back to being cheeky. And uh, you can get in touch with us via that. Or if you don't want to do that, you can send us an email, stage at overstudies.co.uk. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at Overstudies and on Instagram at Overstudies blog. We are indeed. One day we might be on Toctic. Please never say that again. The, the clock app. Don't call it Toctic. You're 30, not 300. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know how it works. Well, but we're not there yet, so don't go looking for us. Shall we dive into the show? Go on then, let's dive into the show. So we saw this at the Dominion Theatre on its current West End run, and we saw it back in January. Yes, we did. It's was been, it February? I think it might have been February. Yeah, it might have just it, been February, actually. Saw it in February. Uh, so quite a while since we saw the show to recording about the show but it's one that I was really excited to just kind of talk about because I think it's quite a divisive show I think we'll 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 leave the debate for later on in the episode but I think it gets it's a very Marmite show yeah divisive is definitely the the words to describe this one I had a fantastic time I went in like I know the film and it is based on the film and if you know the film love the film you will probably love the show if you hate the film stay at home like yeah let's be honest you're save not. your money um but i am aware of the film but i don't adore it like it's not one of my favorite films but it is i respect it for what it is and actually i had a fantastic evening like it was really good fun i'm really glad to hear that because i was a bit nervous because it's a show that i've seen a long long time ago i saw it on i think it was the 2015 uk tour oh, wow like a long time ago and I loved it I went with my mum and one of my mum's best friends we had a great time you know just going because we love the film so the show is going to be a laugh um so I was really nervous to take you to this because I was like there is a chance that you might hate this not because it's a bad show but because it is it is what it is yeah it is it's what not it is. doing anything special no it's cheesy ridiculous basic not in a bad way 
just quite basic. Comes into a lot of these like musical theater tropes. But remember, I adore Greece. So you are a Greece apologist. I am. But you're a dirty dancing apologist, and let's be honest, they're both on the same level. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to deny that <laughs> they are the same show. Let's be honest. Yeah, and I guess that if therefore it's appropriate that dirty dancing is actually going to get bookended at the Dominion by Greece. Go and check out our Greece episode from season one if you want to find out more about our thoughts on that show. Yes, I'm very excited to see that again. So, well, I'm sure we'll be doing a 2.0 on Greece sometime in the future as well. Maybe, maybe indeed. So, dirty dancing for anybody who does not know what it's about becky give us a brief plot summary as we've already mentioned the stage show is based on the film of the same name so it follows a very similar plot uh it's set in the summer of 1963 we have francis baby houseman who's 17 years old she's gone on a family holiday with well her family and gone away to this summer resort in the mountains by a big lake it's very nice very chilled and she is a very rebellious spirit I think is the best way to put her she's quite she she's got a good head on her shoulders she's very much like I hate the system kind of energy and she one night stumbles across a staff party and is drawn in by what can only be described as the provocative dancing by the staff. <laughs> I've no idea where that <laughs> accent came from. But then she gets whisked up in this world of learning what dance can be and what it can become, what it can look like that's so different to anything that she's kind of ever seen before or ever dreamt that she could actually do herself. And she she has a little romance, doesn't she? Yeah. A little, a little fling, as always happens in these uh, kind of summer love musicals. Yes, so uh, Baby falls in love with Johnny Castle, who is the dangerous dance teacher, bad boy type, who's actually just really a softie at heart. Yeah. He's, you know, like he looks really tough on the outside, but as soon as you get to know him, he's just trying to get by. He's just trying to do his job and get a paycheck. He, he has this hard kind of outer shell to protect himself and because you kind of had to in this well you still do to an extent today but you kind of had to in the 60s if you wanted to to get by yeah and he teaches dance classes at the resort but uh runs into a bit of a problem doesn't he when uh, he needs a dance partner yeah there is a disaster that befalls them to quote from Bantam. um and his dance partner, his usual dance partner, is uh, incapacitated, should we say? Yes. Um, so Johnny's like, I need I need a replacement. And baby goes, pick me, pick me. As as anyone would. Um, and then basically the rest of the show is baby learning to dance. And she does learns a, to dance. Does a good job learning to dance <laughs> yeah. like from scratch in what, 90 minutes? Yeah. She obviously already knows how to dance and does it seven times a week, but but she learns to dance and does one show and she's not 100% confident, not, but she does it. Not quite there, but, you know, gets gets through it, survives it. We get a little plot twist, don't we? We get, you know, some drama thrown in there. We get arguments between family members. Her dad doesn't really approve of Johnny. And out of all of this, she continues to have dance lessons and does another big dance. And that's the plot. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And then there's a scene with a watermelon. I carried the watermelon. 
and a scene with a big lift. Which we all know. We've all seen, if, if you don't know the lift from Dirty Dancing, quite frankly, have you actually been living under a rock? Because it is one of the most iconic film moments of all time. Even if you hate the film, you know the lift. Yeah, everyone knows the lift. Everyone knows everyone the lift. Everyone knows the lift. Yeah, so this is, let's be honest, there's very little to the plot. Oh yeah, it's a straight up no plot, just vibe. This is a show that is, quite frankly, more about just having some feel-good songs and some lovely dance moves, making Becky's brain go brrr, and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I am the first to criticise a show if it is no plots, just vibes. I have said it about many a show's. <laughs> But I also appreciate that sometimes you just need to go in and hear some pretty instruments and see some pretty dancers and make your brain go brrr and then it's all fine. Completely. Dirty Dancing is not a show for, I was going to say not a show for serious theatre people. It absolutely is a show for serious theatre people. And I'm not, regular listeners will know we're not ones who kind of buy into the theatre snobbery and we think it's a big part of the, the problem with the industry. But if you want some serious discourse and you want to like think whilst going to the theatre, don't go to dirty dancing but if you've just come out of a really serious show where you've been crying your eyes out like i don't know kinky boots and you want to then enjoy yourself go to dirty dancing because it is just uh you will you will come out smiling like you will come out going actually i had a really good time and i had a really good time like it was it was different um it's the sort of thing i will always go to because i i'm a big enjoyer of the kind of slightly cheesy commercial musicals but it was never going to be like a first choice or a big 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 thing for me so to actually kind of then see it and and do it that way was 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 nice yeah i enjoyed it and it will come to charlie's production corner later on but there were a few bits in there that fully like made me enjoy um the production of it i thought there's some very clever bits um in how some of the staging and whatnot was done yeah i think Dirty Dancing is such an interesting show for me because I know that it's one that often gets slated quite quickly by critics, reviewers, etc. Because I feel like people go in expecting it to be spectacular and it's, it's, an, it's spectacular in its own right. You're not kind of comparing this to, you know, like the levels of Hamilton or Les Mis. It's not that kind of show where it's spectacle after spectacle, but so tight and so precise and everything like that. You go in thinking, I'm going to have two hours with some good songs that I like from the film and lots of dancing. And it does what it says on the tin. For a commercial theatre piece, it is very, very strong. Yeah. And I think if you go in expecting it to be like a social commentary, it, it tries to be a social commentary, but that's not its aim. Its aim is for you to have a good time. And if you go in expecting anything more than that, you're setting yourself up for failure, really. Yeah, it is much the same as Grease in that respect, in that you will know the songs, you will know some of the moves, but it it's also, there's something really nice with theatre to see quite a large company on stage doing some big dance numbers just all having a really fun time as well like we're both really big fans of like the really delicate moments where you have a giant stage and one individual on it like giving the performance of a lifetime but equally there is something really nice as well about having a massive stage with lots and lots of people doing very slick highly choreographed um dance movements that that also really stands out in itself and i think um, Dirty Dancing for me is definitely 
one of those that ticks that box. Um, choreography comes from Austin Wilkes and she's done a very good job of it. Very nice. Yeah, regular listeners will know that I am a massive fan of dance heavy shows. And to be honest, I could go see Dirty Dancing and not even listen to the music as long as I can see the dancing and see the footwork and just the sheer energy that radiates from the stage throughout the entire show that is enough to put a smile on my face everything else is just a bonus yeah like I'm such a dance nerd and when you when you see big dance productions done right it's there's nothing like it you're absolutely right on that one there and I I think that's one of the the obviously the challenges with dance heavy shows is that you've got to have good dancers in the cast and the cast is flawless actually you know I, I couldn't really fault anybody on that stage at all and we're not we're not like serious theater critics um and we're not certainly not trained professionals when it comes to this stuff but we are um we know what we like and we know that when someone's good they're, they're good and yeah everybody was on there um like baby in particular it was fantastic um kira malou and then Michael O'Reilly as Johnny Castle also like as a pairing, the chemistry there was really, really good. And like even the dance moves and the watching for um, Baby in particular, like watching somebody dance badly. Yeah. Someone who can dance, who can dance so well, having to dance badly is such a skill in itself. And to do it convincingly, like really, really good. There's a lot of thought has gone into how to make that work both from you know the the production team from the creatives but also from the performers actually you know making it happen um i really enjoyed that yeah it's definitely a very very clever show and i think that's why it annoys me sometimes when it gets dismissed because of that technicality you know like you said being able to convincingly dance badly on stage is hard and i think people forget about things like that very difficult we've seen the same set in the past with like shows where people have got to sing badly or something like that is that it it can be hard to kind of do that in a way that it's still good because like i dance badly because i have no training and no ability if somebody just go like if someone who's professional just goes and dance dances badly it's like well what what you like it just looks rubbish whereas being able to dance badly in a believable way like we've all seen dad bad dancing in like a club or whatever and go oh that's bad dancing but it doesn't actually like it still flows with the show being able to do that is a is a skill uh completely uh shall we talk a bit more about who else is in the cast yes we can do that anybody you want to shout out speaking of uh doing things badly um i did just want to say that georgina castle as lisa houseman those who know the show and know the film know that Lisa does a really terrible singing number for the talent show and I have never laughed so much in my life at the way Georgina Castle did that so funny just being able to do that so convincingly again it is it takes skill and she is a flawless comedic actress I was like, gonna say an incredible comedic performer we saw her in uh, Angela Weber Cinderella last year one of the highlights of the show actually was her and Laura Baldwin playing the stepsisters like between them that comedic duo was was incredible and seeing that energy and that that again talent coming through into Dirty Dancing um some fantastic casting and in, in putting Georgina in that role because yeah that that singing was terrible but really good yeah I 
it still makes me laugh thinking about it now. <laughs> uh, also, Charlotte Gooch, who plays Penny Johnson, who is Johnny Castle's original dance partner. She was phenomenal. That dance skill that was on that stage, I was just blown away. And I've never been more jealous that I haven't been able to dance like that <laughs> in my life. Like I want to be that level of precise, like the lines, the just the flow of every move was just so, so spot on. Like I could not fault it at all. Yeah, you're the dance expert of the overstudies. I say expert in the loosest possible I was way. Say expert is a very loose term. But there. compared to me, you are absolutely the dance expert. So Becky will be bringing all of the like serious dance discourse, and I'll just be going. I liked it. Makes change. To be fair, it's normally me bringing the uh, discourse. I mean, my dance discourse is just me going. I wish I could do that, and then looking up jazz shoes online. Yeah. So have you got an update for that since our bat no. episode? No, no, no movement on that yet. Not yet. Okay. Watch yeah. this space. <laughs> I might, uh, that might be the TikTok content, me live, live vlogging my attempt at learning to dance again. Fair enough. Um, who else did we have? We also had as the, the rest of the Housemans, we had Lyndon Edwards as Dr. Jake Houseman and Jackie Morrison as Marjorie Houseman. Uh, the parents, very, very good. I thought. Very strong. Yeah. The parents are an interesting set of characters in this show because they're kind of kind of the villains, but kind of not. Yeah. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Whereby without wanting to give too much away, they could go either way and they make mistakes and they are flawed as as people, but also they kind of do try their best, even if it's sometimes a little bit misguided, I'd perhaps say. Yeah, I agree. Well, we've got the Kellermans who yeah. own the establishment who is that is um that is there. Uh Alistair Crosswell as Neil Kellerman and Michael Remick as Max Kellerman. They are the actual villains. Well, Neil is the actual villain. Yeah. But also a very strong kind of love to hate them characterization, I think. Yeah, this is it, is that again, whilst we say that there's not much to dirty dancing beyond the dancing actually some of the characters are quite interesting mm. and there is some some depth and there is some layers there as, as you might have said the other day they're like garlic with many jackets i guess you, you peel them off and there's another layer i would have gone with gone with the onion metaphor to be honest i would have quoted a trek but i i get what you're saying fair um then we move on to the ensemble, really, and there was all manner of people, and we haven't got time to to mention everybody in the ensemble. We would be here all day, um, but we are going to give a shout out to uh, one of our faves at the Overstudies, Inez yes. Bud. Yes, she was incredible. I think we, she's a big dancer, and you've always been able to tell that from the shows that we've seen her in. You know, she's always been on it with the dance moves, but I think she's just the perfect fit for a show like this in the ensemble, just hitting every single beat flawlessly. Um, she was spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. It was so kind of nice to see her up on that stage doing her stuff again. And bear in mind, like still very early on in her career. Yeah. Um, we've only, we've had her in Heather's cheerleader, obviously. And then she was in the Grease tour as well. Yeah. So more to come, I think. Like Definitely, Defin definitely gonna, one to watch. Yeah, is going to have more leading roles at, at some point in the future. Yeah, when I say that this is a massive cast, like truly it is massive and uh, you need it. Like you fully need it because in, on top of the ensemble, obviously there's loads of swings and stuff as well. Um, but one of the things I do want to shout out is the band. 
Yes. Who are all on stage throughout the majority of the of the production. All the music is actually performed by an on-stage band rather than like a one hidden away down in a in a pit. Because they're the house band for Kellermans. Yes. And I do love it when the band is on stage. I think it it just adds a little something to the show. Yeah, obviously it's not gonna work for every show every time, but when you've got a band that can just be so obviously worked into the narrative, actually doing that and making that a, a decent choice, it adds to that. And the band don't just stand at the back, like they are still involved in it as well. You know, you get the Kellermans talking to their band at times. Um, the band will have like little, you know, react to maybe things that are going on happening. And I just thought that was a really nice way of adding some realism and some reality and actually making you feel like you're at the club rather than just watching it on stage. And particularly where we have things like the scene towards the end where there's the talent competition, you're seeing like the band would have been there. That's actually singing in reality rather than singing in a in musical theatre world where everybody just bursts into song at any moment. And it kind of added some some realism to that. And given that some of the singing and the dancing obviously is meant to be a performance, it makes sense to have the band where you can see them and you can actually go, oh yeah, no, I believe this. This is on a dance floor at a Strictly Come Dancing tribute. And the band had a flugelhorn, so I'm happy. I don't even know what one of those is. That's why I said it. Flugelhorn. It's the, the whirly one. It's the, the horn that's like whirly whirly. For for listeners, <laughs> would you like to describe a, a flugelhorn in more technical terms, please? The flugelhorn is a brass instrument that resembles the trumpet and cornet, but has a wider, more conical bore. Like trumpets and cornets, most flugelhorns are pitched in, pitched in B flat, though some are in C. Developed in Germany in the early 19th century. Thank you for the fun fact of the day. Don't tell us that we never teach you anything here on the... Uh, this on is the an UFC. educational podcast. It is. Please make sure you nominate us for educational <laughs> podcast of the year. We try our best. <laughs> I think at this stage then, it might be quite oh no so i'm sticking with the band um i did really enjoy like the full-on kind of breaking of that fourth wall with between the band and, and what position they played during georgina castle's talent competition towards the end where she is not happy with the band yes she is fully like do this do this do this do this and it was just like you even the band who traditionally are not actors there was some very like believable um annoyance at being told what to do some like shock at kind of you know being taken off guard and stuff and i was like no this is it's really nice that you've got everybody working together and kind of getting into the 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 feel for the show it's without wanting to to diminish any performer or or, or anything like that the band are good at playing instruments that's what you want the band to do like uh, to be honest if the band just stand there with completely expressionless as long as they're playing great music that's that's all you want to then get a band who can not only still play some great music and then have a bit of a sense of humor is 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 nice like i really appreciated that and yeah i think there's a couple of uh performer musicians in the band as well which definitely elevates that yeah being able to do that comedic delivery yeah it it really does add everything together um charlie's production corner yeah should we do production corner next let's do production corner so very simple stage 
actually, um, which is what you want for a show like this. You want just a big flat stage where the dancing can occur. With, yes, it was there. We'll get it out of the way. The iconic Dirty Dancing logo in neon lights that goes up and down and up and down throughout the show uh, because you can't have Dirty Dancing without it. But other than that, there was just a few little, like, um, I forget the word. It's me forgetting the words of stage elements this week. Rises. Yeah, not rises. But the ones that move. I guess they're kind of technically rises, but the ones that that move. Trucks um, that move on and off with various different elements and, and things like that very simple but you know one one moment we'll have some tables and chairs then we'll have uh, a bed just token props to kind of symbolize where we are at each scene or each thing and it it's actually really effective in how simple it is we know i'm a big fan of a simple set and this is another one where you could have gone really overboard but actually keeping it quite simple and basic you want that in a show that lets the dancing do the talking I know in our Grease podcast, I hailed that as quite a simple set as well. Actually, Grease was a lot more complex than Dirty Dancing. Like Dirty Dancing had even less than kind of Grease did. And as an even dancer heavy show than Grease is, works perfectly. And when you've got a a stage the size of the Dominions, use it to your effect. I was going to say the Dominion stage is huge. I, this was the first show I'd ever seen at the Dominion. Did you know what I saw at the Dominion? I'd rather not talk about it. We've done that podcast. We're not not revisiting it yet. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, there's a yet. Um, but no, this was the first show that I'd ever seen at the Dominion. And you told me the stage was big, but I don't think I really appreciated just how big. And I think with something that does have limited set pieces and has quite a simple set, you can run the risk of the stage feeling empty. I don't think at any point the stage for Dirty Dancing felt empty because you fill it with that many people that the people are the props in a way. And yeah, I think just keeping things simple really just elevates the actual performance that you're seeing rather than going overboard with, you know, building a full country club on the stage. Yeah, and that as well obviously some of that comes from the production's origins as a touring production and it is going to be going back out on tour which we'll mention later on but it's also comes from the fact that actually big scene changes can also be quite cumbersome this is actually quite a pacey show we are moving from scene to scene to scene to scene if you were to have blackout you know curtain down move everything on or off you're trying to fill that kind of gap would be quite difficult and so having a very versatile set means that those scene changes can be quite flowy. It doesn't really go into any great effort to disguise the, the, the set changes either. We just kind of move on through them. And I, I like that. I like a show that is kind of like, you know, this is part of, of what it's about. But also, you know, you mentioned the big stage and building a big country club is yes, you could have, you could have done that. You could have gone completely overboard, but Again, because of the simplicity, it also brings it back to the characters. And there are some moments where we just have, say, Baby and Johnny on stage on their own, taking up one tiny little corner of the stage, yet their stage presence, they're owning that entire venue. They are all in the palm of, uh, we are, we as the audience are in the palm of their hands. And I think there is something incredibly powerful, both from a direction vision and a set design vision. And as performers to be able to captivate an audience in that way on such a vast scale and yeah, hats off to everyone involved. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think the show does benefit 
a little bit from the familiarity with the film. I would say that probably about 95% of people who go see the show have already seen Dirty Dancing. We know where it's set. We know what's happening. We don't actually need to be told because we can already picture it in our heads. So why waste time on set changes when you could focus on the action? And like I said, it's a rapid show. We were out before 10 o'clock. Like yeah. that's how fast paced it is. So you wouldn't want to waste any time with messing around really. No, out before 10 o'clock, but also doesn't feel like you're being shortchanged or doesn't yeah. feel like you've not got enough um, in there. It is, you, you go out feeling very satisfied of, of conclusion. I guess at this stage, it would be, it would be remiss of us talking about this show, not to touch a little bit more on commercial theatre. And I feel that some of what you've just mentioned is, is a good kind of into that. As you say, a lot of people who come to date dancing will be becoming, will be coming because they've seen the film, because they know the music. It's a show for people who aren't perhaps traditionally a theatre goer. Yeah. And this can cause, there's a lot of discourse about commercial theatre, about shows like this in the theatre world. I think I speak for both of us when I say we don't want to get too much into that side of things because this isn't what this podcast is meant to be about. But that said, shows like this do have a place and are incredibly important. And you need to have, in my opinion, the big commercial shows if you're ever going to have a hope of the really niche, a little bit more out there shows, having the opportunity to, to, to get out there, even to compare something like Dirty Dancing and Bat Out of Hell, which is at the commercial end of theatre. Actually, Bat Out of Hell is nowhere near as commercial as Dirty Dancing. But as choreo heavy shows, if people who really like Dirty Dancing go, I love the choreo that I want to see something else with some very slick choreo, you can signpost them to something like that. But you wouldn't necessarily, unless you're a meatloaf fan, you wouldn't necessarily go to bat straight away. Whereas Grease Dirty Dancing, you would. Yeah, Dirty Dancing is definitely a show that has a place. And I think that as something that is a touring, typically more of a touring production, if you say rarely go to the theatre, but feel like giving something a go, if you already enjoy the film, you're going to enjoy the stage show because it's basically the same thing. Like it's not an ad, it is an adaptation, but it's not an adaptation that adds more. It, it is what it is. You get exactly what you're expecting. And I think that, you know, seeing this at a young age maybe would inspire people because they, they already know that they're going to enjoy it. They can see what's possible and gives, it's that, like you said, that initial in into a world of theatre that is so vaster than most people even imagine. Like a lot of shows you don't even know exist until you get into the theatre world. Well, this is it. There's such an important uh, need to have these shows that hook people in. It is the reason why shows like Grease, like Dirty Dancing are never going to go away. Everyone has to start somewhere. And yes, some people start with the most niche of obscure shows ever, but most people don't. Like I, growing up, my ins to musical theatre were Grease. They were Oliver. They were, um, I hate to say it, Cats. And these are shows that everybody knows, everybody's aware of. If you turn around to somebody and say, Bat Out of Hell, if you turn around to somebody and go, even Heathers, arguably, less so perhaps now, but certainly even a year ago, they're going to be going, "What? what's that all about? And these are shows that, unless you're already in musical theatre, you're not going to know about. And actually Dirty Dancing is a way 
of getting people in either from going, oh, I really enjoyed that at the theatre. Maybe I'll go and see something else, whatever's next at this regional theatre, if it's a touring production. Or in the West End, they'll buy the programme, they'll flick through and they'll say, oh, there's that show about, to use the programme as an example, The Temptations, which again, you wouldn't necessarily go to if you're not a musical fan or a fan of The Temptations in that example. Yeah, and I think looping back to the regional theatre argument as well, as someone who grew up going to Bradford Alhambra, that was like my place where I saw every single show, whatever was on there, we would usually end up going to see. These shows are simple to tour, easy to tour, are going to pull in, you know, the figures and the money to support those regional venues. And going to see Dirty Dancing at Bradford Alhambra, for example, maybe the difference between someone then returning to that venue and continuing to support that venue and also then looking beyond that and thinking like, what else can I go and see? You know, what else is interesting? And it's so important to have these kinds of shows that are not necessarily the most complex, but are going to get bums on seats and going to get people to actually pay attention to theatre. Yeah, theatre as we find ourselves increasingly saying on the podcast is is having a tricky time at the moment i think is the the easiest way of saying it yeah and ultimately it needs people to keep coming and it needs people who aren't traditional theater goers to keep yeah. coming and going as much as we joke about it as much as we joke that we would like to single-handedly support a show or whatever the practicality is is that we can't all of the other fans of theater can't no show is going to survive at this moment in time purely based on the fans who go back again and again and again and again. And that doesn't just go for individual productions, but that goes for theatres themselves, not just in the regions, but the big London theatres as well are very expensive to run and keep going. And actually putting Dirty Dancing on for six months in the middle of Tottenham Court Road, people walk past that. People will just look up and go, oh, you know, tourists to London I want to see a show had no idea what and they suddenly see oh dirty dancing and they are more likely to be drawn towards the big shows the big name familiar shows than they are the more niche ones yes that is its own discussion and argument but let's also not forget that just because you're only supporting that big show okay fine other ones other smaller shows need that money itself but actually it's it's much deeper and much more nuanced and bigger than that which is that by supporting that one show in this case dirty dancing you are keeping front of house employed front of house you sometimes work across there is in a group so you know being able to cover all the front of house costs in somewhere like the dominion could be helping out by making sure that other theatres in the same group can stay open you're supporting the skills and the career development of the performers of the creatives of the technical teams who will go on to work in these other theatres as well and actually having a big show on even if it is something like Dirty Dancing for six months gives people that chance and that breakthrough and that opportunity to join the industry or to further their career and okay it might be in a in real term in like here and now terms it might be like oh well that's to the detriment of that other really great show down the road that people don't like it but big picture long term Supporting something like Dirty Dancing means that there will be the people who will put on the 
music the the shows for the musical theater nerds in years to come yeah and i think the dominion's a really interesting example of this because it is one that's known for its more commercial shows and kind of long runs of your dirty dancing your grease etc etc everyone there seems to be a discussion of why are we putting on the same commercial shows at the dominion the Dominion's not going to put on your niche little musical theatre numbers. You say this, you say this, but the Dominion had the world premiere of Bat Out of Hell, which is a niche musical. The Dominion did the first ever residency of Jeff Wayne's musical version of The War of the Worlds, which is niche. Like, I'm this talking, is the thing I'm with- talking more like Ride the Cyclone or something just completely out there. You're not going to get your weird little shows that have kind of gone viral on TikTok. You're going to get your ones that are going to sell tickets that will have a hook you know bat out of hell has meatloaf war of the world is war of the worlds but but that's it as well though is that they they those are also big shows and as we've said the dominion is i think people forget that theater sizes are also important yeah like you're not going to go and put lift in the dominion because you just it's never going to have that much demand exactly it would be totally lost on a stage of that size in every sense of the word but then you're not going to go and put on War of the Worlds in Southwark Playhouse because you couldn't fit in any of it. Exactly. Like, and I think there are big theatres and there are small theatres, but this is also the thing is by actually having a big commercial show on in somewhere like the Dominion that needs the big commercial shows to pay the bills and to stay open, like theatre is a business at the end of the day. As we've said, that could be the hook that gets in a brand new performer, a brand new theatre person who then ends up going and seeing, they never see another show at the Dominion again. Every single show they see is in small theatres. Like, it is that simple. That does, there are people out there who use these big shows as big hooks. The first show I saw on my own was Grease in uh, the Piccadilly Theatre in more years ago than I care to remember. Yet, you can't say that I now only ever see commercial shows. I think this is probably the last commercial show that you saw. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, you get that little dabbling of, okay, this is what you could do. And then you you end up in a little rabbit hole of being like, oh, well, this performer was in this show, which is on at this theatre. And then you find another performer that's in that show and you see what else. And it's just like... A well, big the, spider web that just grows. Yeah, I was gonna say actually one of the big things for me, one of the big draws for dating dancing was wanting to go and see Inez Bud in it because I adored her in Heather's as Heather Duke, and you know I I think was flawless in that role and was flawless at the choreo. Like there's, Heather Duke has some very big choreo, but it's still very simple and yeah. very modern. And actually seeing her in some more classical choreo in a much bigger, more complex number, I was like, that's an in for me. That's something to take me to go and see that. But the same works the other way as well. Yeah. And, you know, we've gone and seen smaller shows because people we've seen in big shows have have been in it. And yeah. you do have, everyone will have their faves. Everyone will have those performers that inspire them or that they just really enjoy watching. And that's okay as well, like without wanting to get into that argument. But the, having the big commercial shows opens so many doors and it's so we could do a whole podcast episode just on this so i'm going to suggest that we do kind of wrap this up but i'm really pleased that i went to see dirty dancing because that a performer that i liked was in it because it 
actually turned into a really fun night and for me an example of why commercial theatre does have a place and we should be embracing it absolutely would you go and see it again i actually would yeah not maybe not like straight away yeah it's not what i'm gonna rush back to but like when it goes out on tour depending on the cast i might go and look it up if it's nearby i think that's the thing it's like I said, I've seen it before. I enjoyed it that time. It's been almost 10 years since I saw it. And I'm like, go again. Like now is the right time for me to see it again. It's not something I go to every single day of the week, but it's something that I'm more than happy to return to because I know I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. Like I'd probably wait for the next production rather than the touring version of this one. But that's the thing. It's same with Greece. I've come back to Greece again and again and again and again, because it's just, I like it. I just, I just like the show and particularly with things like Dirty Dancing, every time you get a new production, it is a new production. Okay. The story isn't going to change. The moment's not going to change. You know what you're going in for, as we've said, but the way that it's staged, the way that it actually looks and feels is going to be slightly different every time, because why would you just do exactly the same version of it? You, there's no need to, because the story is so fixed itself. It means you can actually have quite a lot of fun as a creative by putting it on in a different way yeah absolutely um so the production of dirty dancing is playing uh, until the end of april 2023 at the dominion theater um if you are listening to this when it's released you've got about a week a week and a half left to go if you're listening to this afterwards do not fear because it is out on tour so it starts uh, in Wimbledon, actually, on the 25th of May. So we're going from London to Wimbledon. Nice, easy not, commute. Not far to travel. Uh, yeah, in fact, you just go straight there on the Northern Line. I was going to say, easy peasy. Um, <laughs> it's then going to head to Manchester, Leeds, Liverpool, Bournemouth, Cardiff, Stoke-on-Trent, Sheffield, Birmingham, Oxford, Cork, Belfast, Dublin, Derry, Blackpool, Bradford, Alhambra, Glasgow and finishing at the moment in November in Hull, but there are further dates to be announced. You can find out all about those by going to dirtydancingonstage.co.uk or following them on social media DD on stage. There are also some uh, European dates uh, for this tour. Um, so this is a different company, but if you are in the likes of Zurich or Hanover, or Berlin. There's a whole lot of different uh, European dates as well. So if you do happen to be uh, going on holiday and you fancy catching a show, definitely look that up because you never know, you might be able to catch it in a different country. I famously went to see Les Mis in a different country. I don't think you've mentioned that. Have you ever seen a show in a different country? It depends if you class Wales as a different country. No. Are we going to start that debate? Wales is a different country, but not for the sake of this, this discussion. Well, then the answer is no. Have you ever seen a show in somewhere that, where you needed a passport to visit? No. Oh, sucks to be you, really, doesn't it? It's fine. it's fine. If you enjoy my light mocking of Rebecca and you wish to hear more of it, then make sure you do subscribe to the Overstudies podcast to be the first to hear the new mocking as it comes. Yes, you can reluctantly join in the bullying of me if you want. Um, make sure you subscribe to be the first to join the form an orderly queue to join in that um you can get in touch with us as well you can do that by heading on to social media we are on twitter at, at overstudies we are on instagram at overstudies blog we also have a website 
www.overstudies.co.uk. And on that website, there is a contact form. Send us, send us a little message. So let us know your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, what you had for breakfast. You know, Any op- of it. open the dialogue. Yeah, completely. You can also email us stage at overstudies.co.uk. Genuinely, your feedback does mean the world to us. Please do keep it coming because ultimately we are just two musical theatre nerds talking some stuff into a microphone. Yeah, and you keep coming back, so keep telling us what we're doing right and we'll keep doing it. Yeah, if there's a show you want to hear us talking about, as long as we've seen it, obviously we're not going to start talking about something we've never seen, um, do let us know. Equally, if there's somebody you think we should interview or if you want to be interviewed, get in touch. We'll come and uh, make make that happen. Yeah, we love chatting about new work, old work, different work, music, dance, anything that tickles tickles your fancy. We'll we'll chat about it. Absolutely, we will do. We just like talking, really. Yeah. Um, that is all we've got time for this week, though. Do keep coming back for more. We've got some really exciting episodes coming up. Actually, I'm not going to tell you what they are because that would be spoiling it. But there is some exciting stuff in the pipeline. So like I say, do make sure you are subscribed uh, wherever you get your podcast, whatever platform you prefer to be the first to know about what is coming next. Yes. And that's all from us this week. It is indeed. So it's goodbye from me, Becky. And goodbye from me, Charlie. We'll see you next time. Bye.